Wonder and vision. Aren't we a fine pair? This is our home now. I want us to fit in. Oh, this is gonna be a gas! Where did you two move from? How long have you been married? And why don't you have children yet? Our story. I think what my wife means to say is that we moved from... Moved from where? Married when? Damn it, why? Oh, Arthur, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Fussing with plastic cards should be a thing of the past. Instead, pay the Apple way. Apple Pay is easy, secure, and built into iPhone. All you have to do is set it up. Just add a card in the wallet app, and you're good to go. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. Yo, welcome to TV Concierge. I am Van Lathan, host of Higher Learning here at The Ringer. And I am joined by Charles Holmes, host of The Ringer Music Show. And we are here to talk about the magical new uh, show that's debuting on Disney Plus from the MCU, WandaVision. A show that's already actually been sort of divisive on social media, but it's sort of, well, not sort of, it actually is the first of a whole slate of shows that the MCU is coming to Disney Plus with. So there's a lot riding on the shoulders of this show, but there are also a lot of questions about it. So we're going to go through the first two episodes here. We're at least talk about the first two episodes. And Charles, like, what are your thoughts? Your Just initial reactions, snap judgment reactions, knee-jerk reactions to what you saw. All right, yo, man, I'm, I'm not trying to come in too hot, too hot, but uh, <clears throat> uh, the, the first two episodes were a little shaky, in my opinion. It was a little, uh, <laughs> ooh, I don't know. I don't know. It was a risk. <laughs> I don't know if it paid off. What did you think of the first two episodes? All right, so we should, t- we should talk about this a little bit. In my opinion, WandaVision is a significant jump forward for the MCU because it's the first time, not only are they delving into some new story storytelling devices here, but it's also the first time they're going to try to take their big screen spectacle and give it to us in TV show format. Yes. And, and I think it was kind of smart, actually, for them to do it sort of in the way that it's done on the show. In case you guys don't know, the WandaVision show, at least for these first two episodes, and we've both seen the first three, but we're just going to talk about the first two here. Yeah. It, they take the form of a different sort of classic sitcom every single time. And the first two are actually in black and white, and they kind of mimic the beats of an Ozzy and Harriet or Leave it to Beaver or something like that. And if you're coming straight off Avengers Endgame to that, 
you're probably a little confused when you watch the two episodes of the show. Oh, you're going to be it's it's Dick Van Dyke in both first two episodes, <laughs> black and white. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I think it was a jolt. Just um, yeah, if you're expecting this CGI spectacle, it's almost like you're watching a CW show like Arrow, <laughs> right. Arrow which is also another thing we can talk about. But I kind of wanted to know from you, like, what is your kind of relationship to like Wanda and Vision? Did you just know them from when they were they debuted in Age of Ultron? Were you reading them in the comics? Like, what's your relationship to them? Oh, uh, no. Yeah, not not at all. I it's in terms of Marvel and my comic book reading, uh, a lot of my comic book reading was you know, heavier X-Men. But the relationship between Wanda and Vision was so key to one of the hugest comic arcs uh, that, you know, you that you read the House of M that you had to know about their relationship, about their kids, about all mm-hmm. of that to kind of get into that entire deal. So I, so the thing with me is, and I think another reason why there's a lot of grace is because I'm actually trying to connect dots that the 13, 14-year-old me has already seen. And so I sort of know what it is that they're doing. I'm just trying to see how they're doing it. So I think that actually helped me in viewing the series. How about yourself? So yeah, I'm like a huge comic book fan. I knew so much about kind of like Wand and Vision. I was somebody as a kid who grew up during like the Avengers Disassembled Mm, uh, storyline when like... Wanda goes kind of insane. She kills Vision. Went she nuts. Says, yeah, then mm-hmm. House of M, she says, like, no more mutants, all this stuff. So, mm-hmm. like, I do think that I gave the show an amount of grace because I know about Vision and Wanda's history, about the will-they-won't-they, they, getting married, having kids, the kids mm-hmm. being demons, all this stuff. And I think one of my first issues as a critic... Charles, you're spoiling. You're you're doing some spoiler shit right now. Just to let you know, like you're doing some (laughs) spoiler. You can go (laughs) on Wikipedia for any of (laughs) this. Go ahead. But like my my issue with the whole thing is like throughout the MCU, I felt the characters that were probably the most underserved were Wanda and Vision. Like we see them in Age of Ultron, and then they're kind of together in Civil War for five minutes, and Mm -hmm. and by like the time Thanos rips the rips the jewel out of uh, Vision's head and he's dead, I'm like, there was no setup for why they were together, their first kiss, their first date. Why are they perfect for each other? So when you get to Wanda Vision. The audience is just, if you've never read the comics before and you've just seen the movies, the audience is supposed to believe these two are in love, but does it give you kind of any backstory on that? Is that fair? It's fair to us, but not to the movie audience. Yes, not to the movie audience. Right. It's more than fair to us because remember, and we're coming at this from the nerdiest possible angle. I'm in my bag (laughs) right now. I love this. So to us, it's incredibly fair, right? For us, we know how important that relationship was and really sort of the depths that it took each character to. You know, we know about Billy and Tommy, Wicked and Speed, whatever it is that you want to call them. Like, we know all of these things, right? We, mm-hmm. we get it. And we know that it's a lot deeper. I think that there's something that I do. It's called movie patience. Hmm. I have movie patience with things that I know the source material to, not just in terms of comic books, but anytime I've read a book and then I go watch a movie... I start thinking to myself, okay, how are they going to movieify this to where it makes sense for everybody who's watching it and not just to me? And I, I've done this for 
like No Country for Old Men or other thing or The Road or whatever it is that I've read and then gone and watched the movie to. In that case, you couldn't help but be disappointed. You were going to be disappointed because you know there's way more. But I yeah. think in the scope of the MCU, with so much else happening around them, I think people got probably as much Wanda and Vision as they felt like they needed. And mm. I think that's why this show is unique and has a unique opportunity because it has the ability to expound upon the sort of offbeat nature of both of those characters. And even in the comic books, they're both kind of offbeat. Scarlet Witch is this amazingly powerful, yet almost enigmatic character. And Vision is a robot with feelings that's inherently weird, right? Yeah. So in this, they get to explore all of those quirks and hopefully they'll be able to fill in some of that stuff that you felt like you were missing because you're right. In totality of Wanda and Vision's relationship in this entire thing, is it six scenes? Is it 10 before this? So I would be surprised if they got a half hour between Age of Ultron and, right. <laughs> and what Endgame. I yeah. truly don't think they got that much screen time. So mm-hmm. the fact, and it, it was partially impacted by the pandemic, the fact that they switched the, you know, the Falcon in Winter Soldier, I think, was supposed to be the first MCU. It was. And because of the pandemic, you know, they had to go with WandaVision. I think if I had seen the spectacle first of Falcon and Winter Soldier, I would have been a little bit more prepped for WandaVision, which it's the MCU saying, yo, you guys have invested in us. We kind of have some capital we trust that you'll stay with us for these first two episodes. Because to be frank, the first two episodes, they are, it's like a slow build. It's weird. Mm -hmm. It's saying like, hey guys, we're not going to reveal everything to you at first glance. Like, it's not like the Mandalorian. There's no baby Yoda coming in to kind of like save you. It's like, nope, we're, (laughs) this is going to be slow. (laughs) I'll, I'll compare it to the Mandalorian in one way. First of all, can I ask how old you are? Is that okay? 28. You're 28. Yes. Ooh, I'm 40. So let's Ooh. talk about, let's talk about, wow, this brother just went, ooh. <laughs> like, wait a minute. Hold on for a second. You're an older wow. statesman. You're an wow. older statesman. Wow, this brother life. just went like, that brother, You next time, don't go, ooh, go, damn, you <laughs> old. This brother just went, ooh, yeah, I was 12 when you were born. I was out here reciting Snoop Dogg lyrics when you were born. Uh, I'm so sorry. Uh, it's all gravy. But, but, so, there's two reasons why I asked that, and I, I'll get to them both. The The first thing is when you look at the, the first two episodes of the show, uh, as it relates to sort of, um, you know, what's going on, I think it's important what you said about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier because the Falcon and the Winter Soldier would have been a direct sequel to Endgame, right? Hmm. And it would have been a direct sequel to Endgame. Like, Endgame is over. Cap, all plot holes aside is, uh, you know, <laughs> off, lived his life. And now, here are two guys that are going to sort of race towards the mantle of being Captain America. Okay, and it's going to, and people get to continue the story. This going first is both, it's a blessing in disguise for the MCU because it actually gives the MCU a chance to me to do a hard reset on people's expectations. Because they're going to take some more chances here with these other movies. You're going to see some characters that you haven't seen before, like Shang-Chi and some other people that people really, they do not know. You know, Ironheart, people like that, that they do not know. So if they can actually 
build some value in Wanda and Vision here, it might bode well for them giving new characters to people that they really weren't familiar with. That's the first thing. Secondly, this, and I'll tell you why this, this matters. The reason why the first two episodes of the show don't bother me as much is because I would bet that I'm more familiar with that style of television than you are. Because when I grew up in the 80s, all of these shows were still heavy on reruns, right? Mm. So, like, Leave It to... I, I still grew up with Leave It to Beaver. I still grew up with Bewitched. I still grew up with I Dream a Genie. I still... Not in their first runs, but in the incarnations they existed uh, when I was a kid. There actually was a time when they started revamping those shows. It was the new Leave It to Beaver. It was the new Gidget. It was all of those things, right? And so, because of that, I've seen these shows so many times, and it's I kind of get a kick out of watching Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany try that on. But I am wondering, because I was talking to somebody about this not too long ago, there is a generation gap where those shows don't mean anything to anyone anymore. Like, they're too old, right? The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is y'all old sitcoms now. You know what I mean? So for people that are watching that, that don't have, that aren't familiar with the format, I'm wondering how episodes like the first two are going to resonate with them. See, I think you're touching on something where the MCU kind of touches so many generations Mm -hmm. where if you're from my generation, I was still watching Nick at night, but Mm -hmm. my shows were, I would say, what, from like the 70s and 80s, where like I remember watching Different Strokes or The Cosby Show. And like sometimes, you know, I would see like an I Love Lucy or a Bewitched, but it wasn't the same as like, all right, every night I'm going to sit down Mm -hmm. and watch like these very uh, the shows were in color which mm-hmm. is like black and white like i have no emotional attachment no nostalgia for this so right. when i was watching it i was like oh i've seen episodes of bewitched i know what they're doing mm-hmm. some of the jokes some of the the pacing i was like all right this is this is like cool for a tumblr post but <laughs> uh. <laughs> i'm not- <laughs> like yo give me give me the action give me give me the good stuff and like as a comic book fan there were certain things like there's certain easter eggs whether it's like they have commercials where you know they're letting stark. you know that hydra's watching stark and all of that stuff like also, that also yeah. like easter egg i'm thinking you know you're a comic book buff you know the neighbor uh what's her name um agnes yeah uh, Catherine hahn Catherine hahn Yo, I mm-hmm. think that's I think that's uh, Scarlet Witch's mentor, Agatha, the yeah. old one in the comics. I was like, mm-hmm. uh, I, I see where they're going. Yeah. Spoiler. <laughs> right. Spoiler. And, you, and look, and they're starting to more. I would say this. So the first two episodes, you have a device centered around. It's a classic sitcom device. Vision's boss is coming over for dinner. They didn't know what it's. It's a classic sitcom device where she's thinking one thing, he's thinking another thing, and then at the in the third act of it, there's going to be cataclysm around the fact that they weren't thinking the same thing. That's yeah. a classic sitcom device, right? And I think that it. I think that as a sitcom deal, it worked perfectly. Like in, enough, if you were watching an old Ozzy and Harriet or Leave It to Beaver, I think if you're looking for clues as to what's going on in this world the first episode particularly is very sparse yes you have to there's literally one scene that really tells you hey something's not right here the second episode it gets a little bit crazier with it because there's a scene at the end of this episode and it's different they've moved on and now you know it's centered around like a talent show that they have to get ready for once again another classic sitcom device where they have to prepare for something together and then as they've prepared, hijinks occurred just before they're supposed to do it and boom. 
And then towards the end of that one, you start to see more that something's wrong with this world or something's off about this particular world. And there's some things that she sees. There's an insignia that we both know what that insignia means Mm -hmm. that some comic book fans uh, are going to get and some people might not get. So I really hope that people are patient with it because I love these first two episodes. You love them? Loved them. All right. I ran them back a couple of times, Charles. Yeah, Chuck. I dug them. I was into them, Charles. Tell Uh, me why I'm wrong. Tell me why I'm wrong, Charles Holmes. I think the first two episodes, they're not bad TV, but they're built on this idea that we already care about Vision and and Wanda in a way Mm -hmm. that we don't. Like, I just don't think the, the regular audience has any reason to care why these two are together, why they love each other, why we should be invested. There's no like Ross and Rachel. There's no Jim and Pam. Their love is just all off screen. Everything that's happened with their love life is off screen. And I think it was a little bit of a writing misstep to trust that the audience will just go along for the ride and be like, all right, sure, yeah, they're in love. And even if it was just five or 10 minutes at the top to kind of show us the history of why they're together, because we still never have gotten that. And there's a part in the first episode where everything kind of starts unraveling when they ask like, Hey, why are you guys together? Like, where did you meet? How long have you been married? All these questions. And I think that was their way of kind of pointing to the fact that as an audience, we don't know, but yeah, the first two episodes, I was a little like, uh, man, like I know the comics and I'm giving them a lot of slack and I'm also getting paid by the ringer to watch this. (laughs) I, I don't know how many people are going to have that type of patience of like, yeah, I'm going to stick around until like the fourth or fifth episode to kind of see where this is all going. Well, number one, I think that you're you're being unfair when we say we don't know why they're in love. We do know why they're in love. Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> he <laughs> was her captor in Avengers headquarters, right? Then she fell in love. She's basically Patty Hearst, another old person reference that some of you youngsters might not get. Crack open a history book. But no, so, you know, you, you, you're right. But I, the, the thing that I would point out is that I think the MCU has done a good job of making, especially casual fans, care about characters that, and interpersonal relationships between characters that they haven't really particularly cared about, right? Fair enough, uh, fair. So I, I think that me, and this is not to, to in any way minimize Hank Pym's influence on the Avengers or in Marvel, but like I went to go see an Ant-Man movie. Like, I sat down and I watched it. Now, when I was reading <laughs> books, I, look, Ant-Man is a big part of all of these stories. And he is kind of the comic book characters. He's almost like the MF Doom of comic book characters. He's the comic books nerd's favorite character because Ant-Man's just cool, right? right? And But he's not a mainstream character. But for me, like, that's the brilliance of the MCU. If we're being honest, all of these characters that we're watching from the MCU, the most of them are B-level characters and they and they get an A-level treatment. Wanda and Vision are kind of getting into their A-level treatment right here. This is the first time they're going to give them the A-level treatment. They, Wanda hasn't gotten her own movie. Vision hasn't gotten his own movie. It's not like Iron Man or Thor, one of the original Avengers, or even Black Widow who they came back and, you know, gave her her own movie after a while. So this is the first time they're going to get 
the star treatment that a lot of the lesser characters in the comic book world get. And I think it's fascinating to see how Marvel plans on doing this. And for me, at least right now, the fact that they went a non-traditional way with it, it's working for me because it's keeping me guessing. If we if you pick up Wanda and Vision's story after Endgame, there is no Wanda and Vision story because Vision <laughs> got it. The, 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 he, he wasn't even Endgame, even in Endgame. He got his, uh, his, his, his the Mind Stone ripped out of his head in Infinity War. So the intrigue was enough to keep me there. And I thought that it was funny enough, cool enough, and quirky enough in these first two episodes. Do you like, uh, my question to you is, do you like the chemistry between Bettany and Olsen? Because that is, I think, one of the saving graces Mm. where I do actually want to, I do think they both have kind of this movie star quality of where I want to watch their love story. And that's something that really has not been done uh, that effectively in the MCU before. Like, we're kind of distracted by all of the big battles. But in these first two episodes, I'm just like, yeah, I, I like I buy it. I buy them mm. being this kind of weird couple going through this thing. And anytime the story veered from that, I was like, I, I don't I don't care. Like just go back to them being in a house and like going through wacky <laughs> like adventures. And that does to me work. Did it yeah, work for you? It did. I I I enjoyed watching them pull off those archetypes because I thought they did a really good job. But I also just like them together. The big tall, regal Englishman and the quirky, wacky, young in this American lady because she's not playing Wanda Maximoff from Sarkovia in this situation. No, she's not. She's not. She's playing American middle middle of the country housewife. And I think that it works. And I think that that dichotomy, I would almost be interested in an actual sitcom about that. And not only that, but I want to shout out all of the players that are in this deal, all of the actors that are surrounding them, they're really leaning into this entire world that they've created. And the performances, uh, of course, Catherine Hahn is always fantastic. The performances are great. I do wonder, though, to your point, if the audience, and, oh, shit, we ain't got much else to do, uh, but if the audience is going to give the show enough patience and grace for it to find its legs because there are some explosive things coming. I think we both know that. But for people that are coming off a show, maybe like The Mandalorian, which had one of the great second seasons in the history of any show that I've ever seen and are looking to get back into the MCU, coming off of a year where for the first time we got no Marvel content, you know, if this is going to be the show that they need right now, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that this show is more hamstrung by the fact that there were no MCU movies for the first time in like uh, 10 or 11 years last year. Yeah, I watching it, I was a little bit worried because I'm like, hmm, first two episodes, you're asking a lot of your audience. And I think for maybe some people who have a connection to like a Dick Van Dyke or a Bewitched or an I Love Lucy, they'll stay on. But for a younger audience, WandaVision has a lot stacked against it. Most people, like, if we're being honest, like, Scarlet Witch and Vision are C-list characters. I love them, but they're C-list characters. Almost no one cares about them. Then you have the first two episodes being fully in black and white, and you kind of don't know what's going on. It's like a second strike. And then you come in off Luke Skywalker Mm. in the last episode of The Mandalorian, like, just slashing everybody. (laughs) 
it's a like your my expectations going in, and it's unfair. But my expectations, are like, all right, we back in the MCU. What's popping? Right. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh no, they went art house. No, 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 no. Go, <laughs> go, go back. Like, uh, yeah, I don't. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe people will stay on it. But I do think people, you know, on Friday will be a little bit surprised. And also, maybe this is a little incendiary, but whatever. I think we're going to have a Wonder Woman 1984 problem where when you roll it out to critics and you have an entire class of critics going, Man, it's so weird. It's so it's so amazing. I can't believe Feige and and, and they all did it. It's amazing. I think that's actually going to hurt it in the same way it hurt Wonder Wonder Woman because nobody was kind of real with with what you're expecting. I think if critics were a little bit more fair and were like, "Yo, man, like I'm not going to lie, they swing. They they took a swing and they might have missed." I think people's expectation would have been a little bit less. Is yeah. you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. so we're coming I, off Wonder Woman 80, 1984, which people did not like. Did not like. Did not like. Okay, so this is what I'll say. I have two scales that I use. Okay, I have the Hamner scale and the Homeboy scale. Those mm. are two scales, right? The Hamner scale is based off of a guy I went to high school with. So last okay. name was Hamner. And me and him did all types of nerdy shit together. He was the guy that I was playing Magic the Gathering with. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> literally, literally. Like, before football practice, I like he showed me. I saw them playing the game, and I'm just curious. I'm like, yo, how to play the game? And before you know it, I'm in full pads down there playing Magic the Gathering, okay? We would go to Mr. Gabauer's class and watch Monty Python movies, you know, during the between periods, right? So when I had something nerdy that I wanted to kind of get into, no matter what it was, it was the Hamner scale. What does, uh, I'm not going to say the brother's whole name because he works for the government now, but what does he think? Then there was the homeboy scale. This is the Hamner to homeboy dynamic. Some things the Hamner's like, some things the homeboy's like, some things they both like. Yes. I think that WandaVision is going to score pretty high on the Hamner scale. Most pretty high. Pretty high. The homeboy scale. Woo! These first two episodes, I'm just telling my homeboys, my dudes from down there in Baton Rouge, my friends from all over the place, even the comic book fans, but the ones that go, yo, man, Superman didn't punch enough shit in that movie. I'm telling you guys right now, just hold on. (laughs) Let yourself (laughs) love. Let yourself be free. Just hold on. The first two episodes are great Hamner-wise, Homeboy-wise, might be a little bit of a struggle, but I truly enjoyed the first two episodes of WandaVision. So you're telling, you're telling me this is the TV show where you're like, all right, you know, you just got the first season, man. You just got to get through it. And then the second season, it gets pretty good. Yes, actually, everybody told me that about Better Call Saul, but I still can't do it. It's, it's not working for me. All right. So, so honestly, you know, any closing, any uh, any closing thoughts about about Wandavision? Was there anything we didn't touch in this in this inaugural episode of the Wandavision podcast? Which I, is just I, TV concierge. TV concierge. Yeah, I think uh, there are a couple of things. Number one, there are a lot of things that I feel like are going to be fundamental to the new phase of the MCU that are going to be introduced in this show. Um, a whole new organization that has a whole different jurisdiction in terms of what it is that they do. Uh, A relatively new organization in in terms of the comic books, but they're kind of fucking sword. 
I, yes. I don't want to. I'm not going to keep. Like, I'm trying not to spoil it. But we're going to see in this episode. Any any true fan knows that the origins of Sword are kind of going to be in this uh, this show. And something else interesting is sort of how Billy and Tommy themselves, the children that are going to come later on in the show, they're in the trailer. You guys can see it. How they are going to reform the MCU because of what they might be classified as. So if you want this show to matter, hold on, because it is really going to matter for the future of the MCU. Yeah, I think a couple of things, you know, because we love the comics that I'm already thinking of is like, is this the show that brings in, you know, the X-Men and the mutants? Right. Is is this the show? Because we already know that Doctor Strange and uh and Wanda are going to be introducing the multiverse. Do we sure. kind of get something of that in there? Mm-hmm. I also think a lot of people are thinking like what are they going to do with the Avengers? And if you're thinking of, you know, uh Wiccan and Speed, you know they have a Miss Marvel and Ironheart TV show. Is this where they start leading seeds for what will probably be an Avengers movie? So mm-hmm. I think this show will make sense towards the end. And it seems like almost this is like the launching pad for for uh, the next phase of the MCU in terms of like what people will really be excited about. And maybe that's a little unfair to WandaVision because when I came into it, I was like, all right, where are we? Where are the mutants? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm just like, is uh, Magneto going to be in this? Like, what's, right. like, what's right, going yeah. on? <laughs> I would be dope, though. If old oh. grand, if grandpa pop came by and then he's just magnetizing stuff all over, it's like Billy Tommy, he's your granddad. Blah blah blah. blah. And this fast fast bender. Stop. Wait. So uh, this is also I'm going to ask you because you know you were talking about House of M. Instead yeah. of uh, no more mutants, do you think by the end of this Wanda is going to do the opposite? And yeah, that's just- what I think. I was, I'm trying to do shit without spoiling it. Yes, <laughs> I, I think. Yeah, I think that's the thing. I think I think that this is going to. In some way, I want to see how they give birth to the mutants. Charles just give you the whole thing. Uh, Charles is like, and then onslaught's gonna come. No, like it's like it's like it's like Charles give me the whole thing. Yeah, I think they're gonna figure out where mutants are and how they come about, and maybe you know you'll see in this whole thing. You were trying so hard. Like let's just give the people what they want, man. Once again, older gentleman, younger rabble rouser. Like that's the difference between us, right there. Um, bro, it was a pleasure chopping it up with you, man. That's that's Yo, all I got. You got anything else? Nah, man. I'm honored. I'm honored, and I am sure the ringer will uh will uh put us back together again to spoil some more comic book right. uh, content for everyone. <laughs> will be a lot of fun, bro. All right, man. Peace. All right, peace. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.